because as an integrator, we think in execution. We don't think in ideas. We think in how are we going to get it done and make this thing as big as we can make it possible. And when you don't know that this person exists. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark Grass, the host of the podcast, and you're here to talk about digital marketing. So everything digital marketing from uh, all the platforms you love to use, all the methods you love to use, and hopefully an integrated approach, which we talk about all the time on the show called The Customer Value Journey. Uh, today, I have Victoria Caldwell. She's actually one of our certified partners here at Digital Marketer, and she is an integrator and marketing implementation specialist and also the Team Impress Marketing founder and CEO. Uh, welcome, Victoria. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. I, I always love to have our certified partners. You guys are the you know real practitioners of what we uh, try to teach everybody about digital marketing and specifically about strategy. We started talking about the integrator, which is actually a term I don't think most people have heard before. So I figured we could kind of start by saying, you know, what's an integrator? You know, an integrator is a term that was really deemed by the rocket fuel community, Mark Winters and Gino Wickman. And, but really, it's a role that a person plays in the organization. It's really that secret sauce to having an entrepreneur scale with more ease to beyond seven figures, really. It's that partner. So the integrator is just what they've titled the role themselves. Gino Wickman and Mark Winters calls this person the integrator. Well, Gino Wickman and Mark Winters calls the combination, the entrepreneur and the integrator. And together, they create rocket fuel. So that's the missing link that most entrepreneurs are having when they're trying to scale. They've tried everything else and it's not working. But that one role to complement them, to support them, in getting everything done and executed, because as an integrator, we think in execution. We don't think in ideas. We think in how are we going to get it done and make this thing as big as we can make it possible. And when you don't know that this person exists, you're spinning your wheels. You're trying to scale. You're trying to get to the next level. And you're wearing 13 hats and you got people and you're saying they're not performing and they're not getting it. And this one person is the one that can make all of those problems go away. And that's their superpower. 
Now, Tony Robbins calls this combination the entrepreneur and the manager. And he said together they create dynamite. So this role is basically a partner that helps the visionary or the creative leader scale beyond a million dollars, scale to big heights, you know, and every successful company really has had one of these people in place. Sheryl Sandberg is this person. They're usually in corporate settings, the general manager, the COOs, they are the number two. And so the whole idea is that it takes two leaders to build truly remarkable companies. One leads the company in the vision, the other leads the people in the execution. And today, what I'm really discussing is that is a psychological profile. It's a psychological profile that if you know the characteristics of this profile, because, you know, when at one of the meetings, everyone was like, where is this unicorn of a person? How do I find one? And I was like, I can help. I can show you how to find one. I'm an integrator. And so that's kind of how we got here. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I love the whole concept that you have those two sides, you know, of the same coin. You have a visionary and then you have the person who executed. And and for anybody who hasn't built a business before, you always think of like the visionary of, you know, coming in with a big idea and they yell at everybody and it gets done. <laughs> and in reality, right. uh, that's impossible because one, somebody who has that kind of creative vision usually doesn't have the same level of management proficiency or, you know, just projects, execution skills. You know, with the integrator, it's not just, okay, you know, hey, we got, got a big vision and even maybe a, a big strategy and a big business plan, but putting that all together is impossible. Well, not impossible. People do it all the time, but it's very difficult. And what, what ends up happening, what I've seen with a lot of businesses, is they build a big business plan. They, they can be a really good visionary and, and communicate that vision. But without that extra you know, person to execute the vision, you flounder. And so I think that's, uh, well, one, it's kind of a sign that you've gone to the point where you're ready to scale, right? If you're getting too big to get any bigger, I guess it's a good way to put it. Yeah, you, you, you get to a point where you, you just can't do it all yourself. And, and that's when it's kind of like, you know, you need people, but then that's not your strong suit in getting the right people. So we tend to think it's hard to find people who are hardworking, who can figure things out on their own, which is a mindset piece all in and of itself. You know, it's a limiting mindset because the reality is it is. You just need the right people who are great at doing that side of the equation. And that's not intuitive for most visionary creative leaders because their gift and their genius is in solving big problems and coming up with innovative solutions. Where the gift of this integrator manager is executing on the best of those ideas. And they have the gift of being able to get the right people, get them in the right positions, and get the best performance all while building loyal and high-performing teams. This is their gift. Not necessarily so much on the vision. You know, I took the integrator. <laughs> we have it. It's just not our strong suit. And I don't worry about that when I'm working with a creative because if I run into a problem, see, I can get stuff done. If I run into a problem, I already know I got a creator on my hand so I can just go. They'll give me 30 ideas like, like that. I'll filter them really quickly. And I'm like, that's the one. And then I'll get back to work. So I don't really worry about not knowing what to do when it comes to having a creative idea because I got 
I got the visionary right there. <laughs> so, and I do that for all of the other positions as well. And so we can keep the train moving and, you know, get stuff done. And so we think in execution, we don't think in, it's like a different language. We don't think in ideas primarily. We think in execution. That's, that's really neat. And I think that's what you know most entrepreneurs want to hear. Because entrepreneurs are the ones I, I've dealt with for my whole career are very big in ideas and they can come up with more ideas all the time. And what ends up happening... They don't run out, ever. Ever. What I've seen happens is that they end up trying to solve problems that are really management problems with new ideas. Right. So it's never like, hey you know, this is going wrong. It's like, that's okay. We'll switch to this. And then it's another big <laughs> idea. And then we'll switch to this. It's another big idea. And, and really that original idea was fine. It was just the execution. that the, the execution. And that you brought up another point. This switching drives the entire organization crazy. So you have to have that buffer because, well, Gino, they call it organizational whiplash because they have the idea and it's like, oh, let's go over here. And then, oh, let's go over here. And I've had to learn to manage a creative mind. And I would tell them, I said, you know, it's easier for me to manage 10 people than one creative mind because they're just all over the place. (laughs) And so I'm constantly managing that mind and then the rest of the people, too, and and making sure I'm keeping the team safe (laughs) and everyone safe and keeping it on target and on what our targets are. It's a task, but it, it takes the right type of person to do it. And So what does uh, execution look like? So you have a, a visionary leader. Uh, they've built a company mm-hmm. of a million dollars, and they've just found that no matter how many big ideas they come up with, they can't get past that million-dollar mark. There's an operational deficiency. There's a marketing disconnect, whatever it is. How do you go through the process of taking that business where there's a lot of potential, a lot of ideas, and turning it into something that's... 10 million, 20 million, 100 million dollars? You know, and it really depends on where the gap is in the organization itself. But typically what it is, is there's no documented, and you know, DM talks about this all the time, having clear documented processes. I have a plan that I call the PEP plan, and it stands for people, environment, and processes. And so we want to get the right people in the right roles. So what I do is I focus definitely from a um, psychological standpoint, who's this natural genius? I This is my typical way, hiring for their natural, unique ability, and then training on the skills. So P stands for people, E stands for environment. You have to environment, create an environment of trust, accountability, and safety. And because you want people to be able to perform without feeling like, you, you know, because especially sometimes when visionaries want to get stuff done so quickly, everybody's mind doesn't move that quickly and everyone processes information differently. So typically when I'm looking at the vision, I need to understand the vision so I can communicate it to everyone else in the language that they understand. Detail-oriented people speak a different language. They process information differently. And typically the disconnect is in the communication to begin with because not everyone gets it and it keeps changing. So there's this whiplash, there's this changing, then they're frustrated, then everyone else is frustrated and triggered and now nothing gets done. And it's a lot because understanding the intuitive nature and how quickly the mind works for a visionary and how quickly and how a lot of times they're just not able to communicate that vision 
And so that's also where the integrator kind of comes in because their mind moves fast enough, grasp that intuitive nature, and yet still be able to communicate that to everyone else and kind of serve as that buffer. And it takes all of that work and frustration off of them and allows them to free up the time. But as long as the integrator, or let's say for me, an example, I'm clear on the vision and what wants to happen. And of course, filtering the best ideas that are on brand and then working to put in processes. Because if you want people to follow a process, they have to have... Now, the visionary themselves don't like following process too much, but they want everyone else to. (laughs) And everyone kind of needs to. They need to. You need to have it because you have to have a sense of accountability to be able to say, this is what you, you need to do. And if you don't have those in place, which is surprisingly at so many levels, I don't care if they're corporate levels, they don't have good systems and processes and they don't have good accountability to them. And that's pretty much a long answer to why a lot of it breaks down. <laughs> and DM is really good with their frameworks and systems and making sure you're following them. Um, and, you know, Ryan is a t- different um, profile, but I I pegged him immediately because it's just intuitive, you know, great at simplifying complicated matters and building better processes. And DM is amazing at that. And so when you have them in place, now you got to follow them (laughs) and getting the right people in the roles because most people are in roles just to, that's another topic, but most of them are in roles because they were told you could make good money here or they've got a skill set. They're not really lit up doing it. And I only want people who are lit up doing what they do. And sometimes they don't know what that is. They don't know what that is because those gifts have been conditioned out of them because your parents say, hey, you're not going to make any money doing that. You should go over here. So we got a workforce full of people who are doing stuff that they don't really love, but they're good at. When it comes to execution, because I want such great results, I want people who are loving and in flow doing the work that I'm having. And I don't have to micro, I I don't micromanage because I can't stand it myself and no integrator does like it. But if you train them well enough and get them in those positions and give them the processes and systems, you don't really have to. You just got to make sure that they're on target. You do need accountability because that's just... That's management and making sure things get done. And they, they've come up with solutions to problems that you would never come up with just because they're so engrossed in loving it that it makes my job a whole lot easier because there's a lot to manage. Uh, there's so much to manage and you can't possibly do it all yourself. And not just that, but even if you could do it all yourself, like phone yourself a million times to get the job done, it still won't be as good as somebody who's just gifted at that or loves exactly. that. And so, and really, you know, when you say it's, it's, it does sound kind of harsh. Like, you know, I, a lot of people get these jobs because they need money, of course. That's not, if that's your primary motivation, then you're probably at the wrong job. And the right. employer is not doing you a service by putting you in that position because you're not going to excel to it. You're not going to get to the next level. You're not going to make more money or take the skills you learn here and get, you know, do more of what you love. You're just going to be stuck in a position that you don't like. And there you go. So I think all, yeah. all around, I mean, that's uh, excellent management principles. You know, we talked a lot about yeah. vision. Now, when you say vision, 
you know, the terms, the amount of time that goes is, is usually pretty variable. Because if you're an entrepreneur who's surviving, you know, vision for you is like, what's going to happen by the end of this month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, when, when you go in there, what kind of like term period of time do you like to see for that vision or what do you help them establish? Well, typically we're looking at 90 days minimum, you know, just like, you know, and that's why I like so much of the DM principles, because it gives you enough time to actually get something done. Some goals are going to take longer. Some goals are going to be five-year goals, one-year goals, whatever. But either way, we're breaking them down into 30, I mean, 90-day execution plans most of the time anyway. Um, and sometimes that 90 days might be getting this person you hired up to speed itself. Maybe that is the goal because that is what is going to drive the most. It's going to be the most, like, for example, if you bring on an um, integrator, it's very effective to spend 90 days just letting them observe and ask questions. We are questioners. I don't know about everybody else. I'm a big questioner because I have to ask the right questions before I go in because I, I want to prevent problems because the results are on my shoulders a lot of times. And going in and really establishing what that is. So no less than 90 days, typically, depending on the goal itself. I always say, you know, visionaries have different people describe it different ways. But I say this lack of gauge, um, realistic gauge. <laughs> and so sometimes they and that's what makes them great risk takers, because they have almost no clue how much time, energy and resources is going to go into yeah, actually executing that process, executing that process. So. <laughs> I always tell people because I'm I'm definitely guilty of that sometimes where where it's like you come up with the idea it's like yeah that's totally fine and doable within this amount of time and I always justify it by saying if I considered how much work it actually would be I wouldn't start it in the first place so exactly and I've had to learn to navigate that conversation in a way because sometimes you say well it might take a little bit longer than you expect and sometimes that's enough to get them going because they don't ha they have no idea what that means anyway or you know when it comes to the rest of the team getting things on track or whatever so it's always this because the last thing you want to do is tell a visionary which I don't do anyway because I don't like to be told this but the last thing you want to tell well no you can't do that because then they will derail the whole organization just to prove you wrong just to make self-sabotage take everything down just to say I proved you wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but you ruined the company. <laughs> so knowing that I have to be cautious of my languaging and managing that mind, knowing that if I say something the wrong way, that's going to be good. Well, that, uh, you, you just keep highlighting these skill sets that you need to be an integrator. You need, you know, the, the management skill set. You need uh, humility, which is not something we really touched on but yeah. you, you're yeah. the second person that that person the visionary is the leader they are pushing right. things forward so humility is in it uh yeah. communication of course uh and then the ability to you know identify manage and optimize everyone you come into contact with with the company so those are really right. difficult skill sets so for your right. you know specific brand do you help connect companies with the right integrators or how does that process you know what? I haven't been doing that. I've just been operating as one 
And I can, you know, I mean, the whole point of this is to show how to to do that, how to find one. But when I saw, I was like, wait a minute, everybody's asking this question. I can answer that question. And of course, I can pick them out of a, because, you know, we all vibrate at the same frequency a lot of times. So we know our tribe. But, you know, if you know the characteristics, but mainly what I've been doing, and I can get into this a little bit later on how to really bring one on, different ways to bring one on, because then when you want to bring one, it's finding one and then realizing all of the stuff that you're going to do. And then there's letting go. There's letting go of some control because one is going to lead the execution. But when you've been doing it all, then there's a tendency to want to micromanage. So, yes, I can do that, but that's not what I've been doing in the, I'm connected to networks of them, but again, we don't call ourselves integrators. It's usually in a psychometric profile and we just have a particular profile that is, this is just what we were born to do. And they're, we're actually a very rare archetype. So it's estimated that for every visionary creator, there's only one integrator. And then not everyone. So that means 25% chance, not great odds, right? And then on top of that, not every profile of this integrator is going to be a good fit for your organization. It's like a marriage, you know, this, it's really like a marriage. You have to have that, a, a healthy marriage <laughs> that is where you're working together as a team. It's really a marriage. and. You have to have the same passion for what you're working on and the same commitment, but you're playing different roles in the leadership. And so sometimes letting go of that is not the easiest thing to do. And so, you know, I I kind of got some ways, some ideas around that, too. Awesome. So if you, what would you say if, uh, you know, the visionaries out there who have gone to the point where they could use an integrator or, or you know, the best time to have an integrator, uh, what are some tips for finding their integrator? Okay, awesome. So I have seven tips for finding an integrator. So, or seven steps, I wouldn't say tips. So the first one is looking within your network because we're around you, you might just not know that this person shares this gift. And on top of that, they may not know because we're the number twos in the organization and no one aspires as a child to be a number two. You know, that's just not, we don't know who we are. It, we kind of just get lucky some kind of, I mean, it, it was probably only 10 years ago that I found out because I could never find my space in the world. I could see everyone else's, but I'm like, what do I do? And it took one assessment. I'm like, but, but that skill was as a child, it was not seen, you know, everyone probably gets it, but you, especially creators, you know, because they drive parents crazy a lot of times, but a lot of times our caregivers condition our best qualities out of us. And I was always good at grading, getting things done through other people and bringing a team together. Family-wise, when you're told to do something, my thought process was, why would I spend five hours doing that when this person, and, and do a mediocre job at best, and this person over here is going to get it done in an hour and do a fabulous job? To me, it makes sense. To them, it's like, you're just trying to get out of work, <laughs> you know? So I, I started to see that quality as not a great quality, 
And I suppressed it a lot, trying to do things differently until I realized, now that is your gift. And so when somebody would say, do something, I would be like, okay, I'm going to get this person to do it. And it's just natural because they're going to be great and it's going to get done with excellence. And they're like, no, I told you to do it. And I'm like, wait a minute, do you want it done great? Or do you want me to do it? Because those are two different things in my mind. <laughs> and, and, and because a lot of people don't naturally think like that, they think I got to do it all myself. That's how they translate it. So it just becomes a big mess. So anyway, I'll give you some characteristics as number one that you can probably already see. One, we're social butterflies. They might be the person in your network that you're always asking for a referral when you need a specialist in something because we know everybody and we know the best people in the industry because that's how we get stuff done. So a lot of times we're that person that everyone comes to when we want a referral. Have a contact list that goes on and on and on forever. These are some characteristics. Always seem to be always in the know, really, really knows what's going on, know who has the best, always knowing someone, like no matter how far away you go away from home, always bumping into somebody that they know. That, you know, it happens a lot, but mainly they can go anywhere and always bump into someone they know. So quick to start up a conversation with someone who they know when they meet someone new, quick to start up a conversation, quick to exchange numbers and try to connect you with someone if they're in a conversation. I do this all the time. It's probably annoying. But if you've, you're talking to someone and immediately you think, oh, I know who you need to talk to. Let me give you their number. Always trying to connect. Um, steps into leadership roles easily. This one may not be as noticeable if they haven't been given the opportunity and they may not even know it themselves. Love to support people and their causes and love to champion other people and their causes. Those are some characteristics. Social butterflies love to chat. I think I've kind of showed that in this one. Number two, um, you want to have a clearly written mission and vision statement. This is important for anybody higher, really. But for this person, because they're going to want to champion a call, champion a cause. They want something that they can get behind and really embody because that's what's going to drive their energy to be able to do all of the work that they have to do. Because, you know, we're not, we don't get bored that easily. Visionaries get bored very, very easily. Once we lock onto a mission or a vision, we're in it. We're in it for the long haul. But it's, it's finding that right person to be able to do that. So having that clearly written. Three, creating a job description that speaks to the strengths, the genius of the integrator, this person. And I'll create, I'll post, we'll put a link in the show description because the Rocket Fuel community has sample job description already written out and you can pick and choose and get a little bit creative, but kind of stay with the, the guidelines. No point in, in reinventing the wheel there. They have one. Then you want to take this number four and post it in your network and within the organization, because sometimes this person is in your organization. Sometimes they're in your family. Sometimes I've had colleagues that were actually married to this person and they didn't know. They, they didn't know because they didn't know. They, they realized, well, wait a minute. No wonder they do these this way. No wonder this. And they're actually, when they came together with the psychometric assessment, they realized they were actually a power combination if they use the powers correctly. So 
this person could very well already be in your network. So posting it there, um, you can use a recruiter, but that's not, you know, what I put in this list. But if it if push comes to shove, you you could always do that. Then number five, once you start getting applications, you want to use this is what I do and what I recommend the MBTI first. This is not the one I end with, but it's a it's a filter, and that's the Myers Briggs personality. And you're looking for an ENFJ. The thing with the ENFJs is every profile of this integrator. I've tested so far, and it doesn't mean that's the only one. It's just they've been ENFJs, but not every ENFJ is this profile. So it's a filtering process. It it just filters a little bit more. And you want extroverts because, and extroverts in the sense that we're connectors. We're connectors with people. We have to deal with a lot of people. We can't be a person that don't like people (laughs) because we need to. Intuitive. So we need to be able to grasp the intuitive nature of the visionary itself. Feelers that we're we're empathetic so we can put ourselves in different positions and step back and and see the issues going on and come up with resolutions. And J's get stuff done. (laughs) And that's just basically how it is. We we get stuff done. You know, it's not a whole lot of room for fluff when it comes to results anyway. Everything else, yes. Six, um, I like to con- no, actually five, I have five A and B. The the MBTI and a short video. I like to do have them do like a short two, three minute video because I like to feel the energy of the person. And it could be an energy to say, why do you think you're the best fit for this role or whatever? And it does two things. One, if they don't do it, they're not following instructions. And so you don't need anybody who doesn't follow instructions. So those will weed out people who just will not follow. I do this in all the positions, by the way, because it's a weed out process. We got a lot of things to do. And if they're not going to follow instructions from the beginning, then they're not going to follow instructions afterwards. So it's kind of a two part goal. So after you have them take the MBTI and submit a video, then you should have a a smaller pool of candidates. And then I like to go ahead and conduct the interviews and see how they're a fit for the organization. And then once I get three to five, I'll take him through this assessment called Talent Dynamics. That's a paid assessment worth every penny. And you're looking for a supporter profile. This person is the exact profile of the integrator. And the, the, the beauty of that is you will get a, a graph. That'll shows even, you know, every sort of port of how is not the same. So you'll get the areas that you're stronger and weaker in, and then you'll get that graph. And then at seven, I do recommend the visionary themselves take the wealth dynamics assessment. And it's the same exact assessment, but it goes into a lot more detail on building the business and wealth based on your genius and your psychometric. And it also gives you a spider graph and your percentages so you can see where you're strong and where you're weak, where they're strong and where they're weak. And it helps you narrow it down even more because now you're creating that, as they would say, that puzzle piece, that link. So this person can support you. You're going to think differently, but you it's the thing that helps you get stuff done, basically. And so those are the seven steps. The seventh step was you taking it yourself as well and then seeing, you know, who's a best match based on the interviews and what you're doing. 
And then I always recommend a, a trial project. So those are the steps to finding. Now, if you want to bring that person on, because now you got to give up a lot of, it's, it's scary to give up a lot of control. So what I've done is put them in charge of something less aggressive, you know, like a, maybe a smaller role. And it works great for like the DMCCP roles in like marketing. And that's how I've been operating because I love marketing so much. But if you put them in one, when you're a marketer and they might not like marketing, but I'm just saying this is an example of one role, but you want to put them in charge of a role where they have to lead a team of people and they have to take a vision execution because that, and even if they don't know, they know how, even if they have that, they'll figure it out because it's natural, it's innate. And I remember that happening because I had to put that to test when I realized I was supporting. I'm like, oh, you know, this is what they say I can do. And well, it, I kid you not, when I stepped into that role, it just came. It just came. And I was leading product launches at the time and doubling, almost tripling sales the first time in a very, my first time, this is when I knew and I believed that yeah, this thing is right. I am born to do this. When I did it for the first time, we were able to more than double, like two and a half, the sales annual revenue in in three months. It was a product launch. And you know, product launches are already just, it's a lot of work and a lot. And it's a short time frame. Don't I, I don't do a lot of that anymore. But I had done it without doing it before. Brought a team together, didn't have any, well, my team, but I brought on her ad hoc team who had no experience, had to train them from the ground up. And we still pulled it off in an industry where we had everything going against us. A lot of vitriol. No one thought it was going to work. I believed in it actually more than the creator herself because I just latched onto the mission so much. And I'm like, we're going to make it work. It's going to work, <laughs> you know. And, and then when someone is saying it's not going to work, of course, that is not what you want to say. Because if I believe it's going to work, then I'm going to work as hard as I can to make it work. Because I believe in it. But I believe in it enough to put the constant resources. I'm not going to get bored with it. And so when you put them in a role like that, even if they don't know that's their gift and genius, they'll figure it out in that process. And you'll get to trust the process and trust that they may be the right fit to promote later. That's how I would approach the situation even as a person who's in charge of, a, let's say, for a DM, a DMCP, for example, so acting as a fractional CMO, if they're working with the visionary who already has the vision and the ideas, and they can just put them in the plans and help them execute, it's a perfect position because you learn about the company, you learn about the vision, you already executing, so it's just really taking it to a, a whole nother level. And you're, you're generating results that you can also get trust for. And so that's a good way to ease yourself into trusting someone without, you know, maybe giving them the keys to the kingdom right away. That, that's one way I look at it. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing 
everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what's stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Well, I, th I think you've shared just a wealth of information about a role that I think a lot of companies could use. And I think, you, you know, just knowing that that role is out there and that there's people out there and you gave all the steps for finding and qualifying this person is extremely useful. Uh, I wouldn't oversimplify <laughs> what you said because it's like, it's just seven steps, but those seven steps, you know, I'm sure it could take months. Uh, if, somebody, yeah. if somebody wanted yeah. to talk to you about the process, learn more about what you do specifically, maybe even hire you, where could they find more information about that? Either website, teamimpress.com or on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and my my LinkedIn handle, if they wanted to connect with me, is Victoria E. Caldwell. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure to put all the links in there. And I'm sure you have some other uh, resources that you actually mentioned during the episode. We'll make sure those are all part of the description. And yeah, this, is, this has been fantastic. I think, you know, everybody kind of dreams of this person coming in and helping them execute. <laughs> and you actually gave yeah. some some tangible steps for finding them. So that's that's very helpful. I hope it's helpful. It it works. So if you do it. And and to be you mentioned something really important to be patient with this process because you said it could take months and it's worth it for the success of your organization. These great companies, most people don't know the visionary. I mean everyone knows the visionary, but they don't know the people behind it, you know, everybody knows Walt Disney, not everyone knows Roy, you know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, well, Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg, Cheryl Sandberg, Every, we know her because she's a lot more open than a lot more out front, Ford, Disney, Google, you know, eBay, eBay, Meg Whitman, she took that organization when she did it in less than 10 years. She took it from 30 employees to over 11,000 and a $34 billion company. That combination works. But it's not that you're going to create a behemoth like that, but that's how powerful that combination is. And they, they know it. I don't know if they know it intuitively, but they know it. <laughs> Yeah, well, so. once you see it and, and once you hear something like this, I'm hoping people, more people realize that it's not just about the vision. It's not just about the, the big idea, you know, that there's a step in the process. And even if you've been successful up to a million dollars, I mean, that's how, what percentage yes. of companies get to that point to say, exactly. hey, you could take that million and turn it into a hundred million or a billion. Exactly. Or whatever it is. And get your life back. Yeah, get your life and still have a life. Yeah. And, and have a life and your family and be able to do stuff and be able to step away from the organization and know it's not going to suffer. So it it's actually um, it's actually a powerful combination. It is. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Victoria. Uh, we'll make sure to put all the links uh, to all the resources you mentioned, and especially to you, 
And uh, yeah, you've been a fantastic guest. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope it's helpful and I hope I'm able to put some some visionaries out of their misery so we can launch more ideas and serve more, serve more people. That's the purpose. That's I think purpose. we will. Well, thank you. Awesome. And uh, thank you to our audience for listening. Uh, if you want more content about uh, anything digital marketing, but also these you know, uh, business development tips uh, that could really enhance your business, uh, please tune in next time. We're coming out with lots of these episodes every single week. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.